We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Welcome to the Transformative Principle podcast. Today's guest joins us from just down the road in central Wyoming, Mr. Ryan Mackey. Welcome, Ryan. Yes, thank you, Mr. McKelkey. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Ryan, you and I have talked a lot. I honestly don't remember how we originally met, but I've told a lot of people since I moved to Glenrock this year that, uh, you know, when I became a middle school principal, I came and visited your school. I hooked up some of our collaborative teams to zoom in with yours. I, I tried to beg, borrow, and steal everything you did. And then you got transferred to be a high school principal. And I was like, man, who, who am I going to go learn from? Well, now here I am, new high school principal. And here you are again, um, getting getting another opportunity to help me get better. So, <laughs> Well, I think that street rolls both ways. You, you've helped me a ton as well. And, and when you were over in Pinedale working with you and traveling over there and doing some McGrath trainings and getting to meet your team as well and and just collaborating at conferences and I'm trying to think too when the very first time we met if it was at a conference or McGrath training or I can't remember either but I know there's been many a times and like I've said about Wyoming what I love about it too is we're kind of one big town with long roads so that's always fun yeah that's right yeah Ryan Ryan is a McGrath true speak certified trainer and works with administrators and frontline staff on communication and also uh, was recently named the 22-23 Wyoming uh, Principal of the Year. So congratulations on that well-deserved honor, Ryan. Well, thank you. I, it's a testament to the people I have around me and, and the quality of kids and community members. And as you well know, um, a title like that is, is just that, 
there's way more things that happen behind the scenes and the the people you have around you and the culture that you can build to get everybody you know rowing the boat in the same direction makes makes all the difference in the world so yes i get the title but i wish everybody on my team did as well because they're just as deserving that's right so speaking of culture when we logged in this morning the first thing i noticed was what you're wearing so tell the listeners about your baseball jersey you're wearing today on a friday yeah so um every friday our entire high school staff wears a baseball jersey and and for those of you listening out there they're white and they say bearcats kind of in a in a script front across the front in in our school colors of of blue and red and what's unique about these jerseys is it has every individual staff member or team member's name on the back, but also a number on the front and the back. And the significance there is uh, every team member got to pick their own number. And the idea behind that is we're a team. And the reason we picked a baseball jersey is A, they look cool on, on Fridays. You can wear them with anything. And B, we don't have a school-sanctioned baseball team. Um, and so it was something that we could create this, this idea and this symbolism around team and teamwork and hey we're all on the same team and and even though we have a different number on the back the big name on the front matters more and the purpose of the number is to create this conversation of why did you pick number seven or why did you pick number 33 and for example kids will come up and ask us students will ask us other teachers will ask one another and it builds this idea of communication aside from just the work in the trenches and it, it starts these conversations about well, hey, that was my college football number. And it's like, whoa, you played college football? Where? How? What was it? I mean, it creates these uh, conversations that allow every team member to know something different and new about the people that they work around and that's part of their team. And this uh, is an idea that actually came out of um, our cheers committee, which is a small committee of, we've got some secretaries on there, some teachers, myself, and uh, they they talk about climate and culture and celebrations and socials and things that we're going to do within to where it's not always just the building principal's responsibility to try to do all of those things. And so we talked about teamwork and they said, Hey, let's get some jerseys. So we saved up some money and, and purchased it. And then anytime we bring a new staff member on board, if we hire somebody late, the first thing they do on their onboarding is what's your number and uh, let's get you one ordered. So we've got a process in place to do it. Uh, the kids absolutely love it. The kids, uh, the, excuse me, the team members love it. And it's really enhanced our, our school culture as well. It's, it's something we do. It's something we're about, which makes our climate feel that much better. So that's a little yeah, story. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning, you know, when people get hired, it's like Roger Goodell meeting them up at the stage <laughs> and, and, and you're holding up the Jersey, right? I don't know if they get a flat bill too and they become a bear cat. But. That's right. They should, right? Yeah. We might have to, we might have to add that. <laughs> Set some money aside for the hat too. Yeah. The cameras and the, the handshakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I, as we've, as we've worked together over the years, you know, your focus when you were a middle school uh, principal is, is similar to what you're focusing on as a high school principal and, and really why I thought you'd be a great guest on the show today is talking about when you're new coming into a building or especially coming into a, new, a whole new community, whole new district and being a building principal and, and trying to focus on the school's culture. Even if you've done that before, where do you start, Ryan, when you're new in the seat? Right. Well, and before you even start acting um, and putting anything in place, I think it 
it starts with some introspection, some self-reflection to say, okay, what is my why? And you will hear me beat the drum, the why drum, almost to the point of annoyance uh, when, when I'm working with a team of people to lead an organization. And that's a lot of Simon Sinek's work. You know, that's a lot of Anthony Muhammad's work. And, and there's a lot of Rick Warmly. I mean, there's a lot of experts out there that that talk about that, but it really matters. And so so I always started with, um, in both buildings that, that I've become the head principal in, with this idea of, okay, what is my why? What is my purpose as a leader? And what are my core values and my core beliefs? And what am I going to hang my hat on? Because I got to create consistency. And at the end of the day, when things go in a direction that that people within the organization don't want them to, they're going to look at the leader and, and look at their mannerisms. And they're going to look at their um, thought process. And they're going to they're going to question, okay, what are we doing? Where are we going? And so, so the first step is determine your why, determine why you are in the profession and ultimately why you exist, you know, and then from there, that mission uh, transforms into a vision, which is your what, what do you want to become? And you set that goal, that, that long-term goal of, okay, well, I want this school or this organization to be the best. Okay. Well, what does that look like? And from there, you you establish these values or these collective commitments, which are the behaviors, because without changing the mindset tied to the why, your behaviors or the what, you know, what you do, how you behave, it'll be erratic and all over the place if there's no true north, right? And so you create these collective commitments, and in Douglas High School, we have 10 of them, and these are the actions that we commit to. And then lastly, you have your goals. So you have your mission, vision, values, and goals, and, and the goals are the component, you know, school-wide goals of what are the big three things that we're gonna we're gonna focus on long term? And and I think where where new principals and even veteran principals where they get stuck is that they're constantly changing, right? They're ch- they're chasing the new program or they're they're trying to find the new shiny object that that doesn't get doesn't exist. And the reality of it is this: if if the silver bullet existed, it would have been purchased a long time ago, and and we would have all bought that we'd all kicked our feet up and, and watched the show right it, it's not there it's it's the people in the organization that create the availability for organizations to move forward and excel and so that's kind of the the first step is yourself because you got to know who you are before you're going to stand in a group of uh, in front of a, a group of educators and adults and community members and ultimately the students and that that creates consistency and a stick to that that you're going to hang your hat on that. And then that transforms, Eric, into this idea of, OK, now I know about me. Now I've got to I've got to know about we I've got to know about the people in my organization. So both times um, I've used this three, I call it a three phase approach. There's nothing magic or scientific behind it, but phase one is creating this safe, conducive environment, this culture and climate, this feeling, right? The, the culture is the, the actions, the behaviors, the processes, the, the customs, the traditions that you have, and the climate is how it feels 
And, you know, when, when you, when you take over a school in terms of the title that you have as a principal, you can feel things, right? You can feel like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to talk to Mrs. Smith. She, she seems really mean or, or, wow, I, I want to go visit with, with Mr. Green because that dude seems awesome. He's always in a good mood. He's happy. So you feel different things. So, so phase one is grounded in what, what I call the team or the adults, the staff, climate and culture. And I start there because without the adults in the organization, having a true North, understanding their why and creating a mission, vision and values and set of goals with you. I think the, the other two phases, which phase two are the students and phase three are the community members that can't happen because the adults in the organization drive the flow and the feeling the climate and the culture within an organization and the kids pick up on it like that. Yep. The parents pick up on it like that. So phase one in both locations took me three years and I'm just into my fourth year at the high school. And it took three full years to transform and change the climate and culture within the adults. So really, and that's with things running pretty smoothly really the three phase approach will take anywhere from nine to 12 years. So I guess for, for new administrators out there, I don't know if that creates hope or anxiety, but this is not something that happens overnight, right? You've got to yeah. stick to it and, and stay the course. And that's a little phrase I use with, with our team constantly is stay the course. So phase one within there, next thing you got to do is you've got to create um, and I'm going to steal a lot of DeForest stuff and, and uh, Marzano stuff here. You've got to create a guiding coalition. And this is a leadership team separate from department heads or a department team. They have different roles and responsibilities. And we established a guiding coalition. They do it through an interview application process. And it's solely on intent. Why do you want to be part of the leadership team? And that leadership team, that guiding coalition is the decision-making body of the school. Very, very rarely do I ever make a decision on my own, that it goes through the guiding coalition, even down to when do you guys want parent-teacher conferences and what do you want them to look like? I don't set that date. I don't dictate that. The guiding coalition creates that. So the very first thing we did as a guiding coalition is we reflected on our current school culture and climate with as the adults within it. And there were some glaring components that came out of that. And from there, we said, okay, now we know uh, where we're at and, and how we feel. Let's talk about our why. And, and from that why, we established a school mission statement to ensure, ensure all learn at high levels to become life ready. And I'm very confident almost every adult in this organization can say that and know what it means and act upon it. It's not just a slogan on the wall. It's not just something that you put in your handbook and wait for accreditation to come around. It, it drives every decision we do. And we had to define some words. The word ensure was difficult for a lot of people because a lot of people at first wanted to create an opportunity. Well, you know, yeah. I give I them a chance. Give, we want to give them a yeah. chance to be life ready. I taught them, you know, yeah. I taught them. They didn't get it. That's on them. No, that's not. We're the adults in this organization. They're kids, right? So a lot of conversations and a lot of tears and a lot of heartache over that, but you got to stay the course. Um, and then from there, that, that school mission, that process right there to come up with one sentence took us a year and a half. 
All right. So you got to go slow to go fast. But once we, once we landed on that and once that clicked, get out of their way. Right. Cause then from there we go to our vision. Okay. Now, now that we know why we exist, our purpose, what do we want to become our vision statement? And that turned into the standards of excellence in education. We mm-hmm. want to become that standard of excellence. Sometimes you never, ever obtain that because you're in continuous improvement, but you're always moving through your why to get to your what. And once we established that, we then created our collective commitments. What can we hang our hat on? Here was a whole nether year because we have things like, I will be a uh, contributing member of my interdependent collaborative team. Well, some people were like, oh, I don't know if I can work with, with her. Or I, I don't know if I can work with him. I, I don't know if there's interdependence here. I, I think I can do my job without him. And so that's a whole nother year. And then our goals, you know, we set our school goals and, the, and those have not changed. We have not changed our school goals in four years. And they're tied to, you know, student growth and achievement. They're tied to a collaborative culture and they're tied to high expectations. So that's where you start, or at least I've started um, with, with our teams. And both times it's, it's worked out very well for us. And we just started this year at the high school phase two. So now it's solely focused on the kids and getting them involved in, into expectations and the focus on learning, not on obedience and compliance. So I think, and then, you know, that third phase will go into the community and, and parents and, and getting there. But I, I think without getting your adults on board, rowing in the same direction, um, it, it's very difficult. And I'll be honest, Eric, I'll be, I'll be brutally honest with you when we started this, you know, there's a lot of times that you you're on an Island as an administrator and you all know this, you know, you've done it long enough. Um, and, and you've got to find people that you can collaborate with and work with and create schedules with that allow you to get some of that off your chest. Otherwise you'll go bananas. Yeah. So, so every administrator out there, we, we all have that imposter, right? We all have that person in our brain telling us, Oh man, is today the day they find out I don't know what I'm doing or yeah. is today the day I can't do it right? You've heard me talk about that before, but you know, that's, that's really where it starts. And, and within that, the last thing I'll say tied to that is we have created this collaborative schedule that gives the professionals and the adults in the organization a true opportunity to work together. You know, the, the excuse that you hear in education all the time is, well, I would do that if I had time, or I would do that if I had resources or whatever. And um, you've got to take that as a leader. You've got to take that excuse off the table and provide time to where the excuse has to become something else because um, I am living proof at, at both schools that with limited staff and with limited time, you can create a collaborative schedule that allows people separate planning from their collaboration because they have completely different focuses, right? So if if you're expecting somebody in a planning period to plan, to be an effective planner and an effective collaborator, I I think that you're, you're, um, you're fighting an uphill battle. And I think that you're setting yourself up for a lot of frustration and ultimately failure, which we can learn a lot from failure. I'm not discrediting that, but you've got to sit down and say, okay, in this schedule, we, we create the schedules, right? We build those walls. So if you have to tear that schedule apart and start over, do it. 
And so now at Douglas High School, not every teacher, but every core teacher has a separate planning and collaborative period every single day, Monday through Friday. So that that right there creates a culture of, okay, you want us to, to learn, you want us to, to read. So there'll be times where during their planning, you know, they're, they're grading, they're running a copy, they're building a Canvas lesson, they're calling a parent, whatever. But during collaboration, they might be reading an article. They might be reviewing data together as a team, creating this idea of interdependence. So uh, that that's the last little nugget of that that first phase of of team commitment that I think is extremely valuable. And were you were you able to do that schedule change with the daily planning and collaborative time without adding any staff? Yes. Wow. I mean, who wouldn't want that? That's one right. of the things. That's one of the things about walking in as a new principal. You know, I remember in May when I took this job. There's two people I I drove over here to try and meet and and talk with, and it was the secretary and the counselor, right? The the real mm-hmm. the real leaders of the school, <laughs> and <laughs> and the the counselor. I remember my first question was like, "Do we have a schedule?" Oh yeah, yeah, we have a schedule. But you know, that's something you inherit. You can't you can't blow up a master schedule, especially high school with <clears throat> graduation requirements and concurrent credit and all that stuff. But that's something that we're going to have to work on. Um, is it safe to say, Ryan, is it safe to assume that when you came in as the building principal, um, that process that you walked us through was new to staff? Oh, absolutely. Were you, were you fighting some demons as, as far as, you know, when you're trying to roll this out and get staff rowing in the same direction? <laughs> Every single day of my life. I remember calling one of my, my buddies, he's a principal in the northern part of the state, and, and we were talking, and, you know, I talk about having that person that you can sometimes, you know, reflect with and, and invent with. Um, I, I called him, I said, man, I feel like the Grim Reaper, like yeah. I'm cruising around the hallways and I'm getting into classrooms and, and you can just feel like, oh, he's here again. Like, what's he trying to change now? You know, and, and of course it's new and, and change is, it's scary. It's messy. It's hard. And you know what I, what I continually tell our team member is, yes, it is. And I'm right there with you. And it's just as scary and, and difficult and hard as for me as it is you. But here's what I'll tell you. Change is the only constant we have in life. And so when you know, okay, I can, I can focus and stay true to my why. I can focus and stay true to my what and our collective commitments. We agreed to do this. This is, this is our contract with one another. Oftentimes that, that becomes, it becomes, you know, this feeling of, okay, the anxiety drops a little bit. I, I can do this. There's hope, right? You're, you're establishing hope. And, and with that, in that collaborative time, and, and this has helped me too, because it's taken some stuff off, off of my shoulders. I give them um, permission to have a non-work at work day. So because they're able to collaborate so often, I tell them, you know, if you're collaborating five days a week, sometimes that's too quick of a turnaround for action to happen. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, and I, I give them permission one day a week at, at um, you know, at, at maximum, I want you to at least one day a week say, okay, what are we going to do as a collaborative team during our collaborative period that's not work related? So they go for a walk, they run and get coffee, they go throw the Frisbee. Uh, they, they, they look at their, their fantasy football team that they created with mm-hmm. one each other, right? Like 
let's be kids at heart with a very difficult job that enjoys being at this thing we call work. And at first they're like, am I going to get in trouble for that? Like, yeah. I'm the building principal standing in front of them in the auditorium, tell them, please do this. It's when people realize that you're going to help them and not reprimand them for things that historically and in a strict educational institution, they would have been that alone, things like that, little nuggets like that, that you can implement, um, you know, wear your Jersey on Friday, do a non-work day during your collaborative period, during that work session, little things that seem abnormal um, go a long ways. How much of that is you focused as the leader on building trust with the staff? Almost all of it. And that starts with a lot of communication. As you know, you talked a little bit about the McGrath stuff. Um, without trust, and that's why phase one is tied to your team members and the adults in the organization. Without that trust, Eric, it, it it's all for naught. It's a facade. It's a veil. Um, you know, people... People act fake. You you act fake at times, you know. Um, so you have to establish that trust, and you have to show your vulnerability as a leader. And you're a human. You make mistakes just like your teachers do, just like your students do. And um, you have to be vulnerable in front of your team to show them that. And you have to be willing to take constructive criticism. So. Uh, for new administrators out here, here's a little a bit of advice that I got years ago from a from an administrator that I admired, and um, it was every year at the end of the year go into every teacher or every collaborative team and sit down and, and create a T chart with a plus delta, and let them tell you if they were doing your evaluation, what are your strengths in their eyes and what are your weaknesses, and you just sit down and listen. You don't talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, you no. might ask a probing question, but you have a T chart. I've got them right here in my, my binder and I reflect on them, but you say, okay, what? And I go with my assistant principal, we're a team too, right? And we sit down and say, okay, what are we doing? And, and we get things like, you know, we wish you'd be in our classroom more often, or we really appreciate your communication. Or, um, you know, I, I feel like when I, when I see you outside of work, I still have to talk to you about work because I just feel this level of professionalism that I have to live up to and it's uncomfortable. And the weirdest things that you don't even realize that matter to those people. And when you do that and you're vulnerable to them because you're constantly giving them feedback, you want to create that to become a two-way street. They're constantly giving you feedback. Um, another thing we do, we just sent it out as we get ready for our board retreat here in October, uh, we send out a climate culture survey. And a lot of it, you know, the very first statement on the survey, they rate it one to five on a Likert scale, uh, one being strongly disagree, five being strongly agree. The first statement is um, Douglas High School has a shared mission that ensures student learning, right? Well, if you don't know our mission, if you don't even know what that is, then you're not, you don't even know how to rate that. Mm -hmm. And we, we get those scores and we look at them and reflect on them and and you've got to be able to let your people talk to you and you've got to admit when, when you make mistakes. Um, and that is something I learned year one uh, from, from, like I said, a fellow administrator that's helped me tremendously because that imposter shrinks when, when you hear authentic communication back to you about you, and then you can focus on that. And then that just becomes trust and you establish trust. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why that's so hard. I think a lot of times people feel like when they become administrators, it's like, well, I have to have all the answers to everything. And that feedback, you know, comes from me. I give you feedback and, and 
people that are willing to try things like that, it's powerful, right? It definitely goes a long ways to, to building, building trust with staff. I know, I know being new, you know, we're about six, seven weeks into the school year. I feel like there's kind of, kind of a phase where when you walk in, you know, that first in-service day when you're up as the new principal in front of all the staff, I felt like, and I, I told our staff here, you know, the truth is it doesn't really matter what I say today. It's going to matter what I do, right? Show me, don't tell me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you kind of get people on board, like, okay, I like what this new principal's saying, right? But they Mm -hmm. want to see it. Well, then (laughs) I remember uh, at the end of the second week of the school year with students, I had a staff member come up and say, okay, well, hey, I mean, it's been great. We're off to a good start. We're on board, but you know, the kids are already talking, this, this won't last come week three, the wheels are going to fall off, <laughs> you know, and a, a staff member, hey, yeah, I mean, you got in classrooms that that first week, second week of school, but there's no way you can keep that up. And it's like, I, we, we had a little um, quick staff meeting at the end of the week, um, week one or week two, and it's like, guys, this isn't the honeymoon. This isn't a phase. This isn't a thing that that is new and shiny, that's going to dissipate and disappear when we come back on Monday. Like this is the new standard. These are the expectations and kids can do it. If we're consistent, kids will live up to it. Yep. But, but they're still, they're kind of looking at the calendar like, okay, maybe we, maybe we can stretch this honeymoon <laughs> for a month. And it's like, this isn't a honeymoon guys. He pulled those wheels on extra tight. They got to fall off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'll, it'll take time. And I know, trying to focus on the culture when I became the, the building principal at the middle school in Pinedale, the first year I felt like I was kind of faking it. And the second year I started to get a little more confident and understanding what I'm doing and how to do it. And then midway through second year, early third year, it just takes off and people, right. people buy in and live it and see the value. And, um, you know, I got a, I got a message yesterday from Tyler Walker, former Bearcat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was he was our assistant principal and an AD with me in Pinedale last year, and he's a building principal. It's the start of the year, and he's living this too. But he sent me a text. He's like, "Man, I can't believe the work it takes to build build the culture of a school as the principal. Because even as an assistant principal, you have a huge role in that. But you know, the the foundation's already laid by the principal, and now when you become, you know name on the letterhead, name above the door. It's like, you have to build that. And most schools, when you walk in, don't have any established, ingrained, purposeful culture. It's kind of what I call, you know, culture by default. Well, you know, we hired a couple of good people. We had a good principal. Things were good. And you're riding that roller coaster. And that's what I like about your plan and your process that you've talked about using and has worked so well is it should be intentional. It's not an accident. It's not based on my mood or what I had for breakfast or if I had coffee or not. That's the culture that we're building at this school. Yeah. And it, you know, Eric, to, to piggyback off that, as I reflect it, as you're talking, you know, and, and we talk about this as a team, like student learning is too important to allow it to happen by chance. Right. And so when I go back to this idea of the, the adults in the organization have to be rowing the boat in the same direction. Now, they might be rowing at different paces, but they've got to be rowing in the same direction. And we use analogies like that all the time. And, and, um, you know, being honest with you, every time, every year when I when I stand up in front of our team, I give them permission to leave 
I give them permission to quit if they can't commit to the team and they can't commit to the mission, vision, and values and goals that we have, right? Life's too short to be miserable. And so if, if you can't get on board with this team on the, within this organization, within the, the, the purpose and the values that we've established, not that I've established, that we've established, right? Those pronouns are important. Then don't be a part of this team. And, and I give listeners out there, um, I give you permission and, and I, I hope that you have the courage and I hope it's a terrible strategy, but please have the courage to stand up and invite someone to do something different if they're not good for kids and they're not good within your organization. Because at the end of the day, that's somebody's child, that that's somebody's child that we're dealing with and, and trying to help them learn and grow um, all of the, all of the expectations that the state has for us and that we have for them, we can't do this stuff alone. So if, if you don't want to be a part of this, no, no hard feelings here. There's the door. I'll even help write you a letter, right? Be, be confident and comfortable in being able to do that. And, and I think when you hang your hat on that and they see that as a leader, like, Oh, this is, this is for real. Then in, in all honesty i've i've had team members that have come to me and said you know this i just i can't do it i, I can't this isn't my belief system and I, I i'm struggling with this and i need to do something different and i said great how can i help you and that's yeah. okay and i think people are fearful of that and that goes back to that trust um and so uh, you know give them give them permission to leave and, and you know something else that just popped into my mind as we were talking um, you know, a couple little things that, that we do here, uh, my assistant principal and I, number one is absolutely no group spankings. And <laughs> so I, I, I tell him too, and that is one thing that I will enforce, um, no group spanking. And, and for new or young listeners out there that don't know what that means, as a, as a administrator, as a principal, and as a leader, you'll have times that, that a, a team member will do something They'll, they'll exhibit a behavior that that's not conducive to your school. <laughs> and instead of you having the courage to go address it with them individually, because you're fearful of confrontation, which is not abnormal, right? We, we all feel that you, you go to your office and you jump on that computer and, and you put in the subject line um, duty or supervision and, and you type, dear staff, please remember that duty begins AM duty begins at 7.40 AM. All of you are to be at your spots and your locations on time supervising kids for the safety. You might even cite a policy or something, right? For the, the safety and well-being of the student body. I mean, you, you draft something up and you hit send. That's a group spanking because one person wasn't to duty on time or missed their duty. Uh, the, the entire organization goes, well, I was on duty on time. Why is it, what, what am I doing wrong? And that's how you start to create toxicity um, within your school culture. So no group spankings. If yeah. you have an issue with, with one individual, you deal with one individual. And I know you've, you've heard me talk about that in some of the, the McGrath trainings and, and um, how you can go about that. And, and that may be for a different day. But the, the idea here is that you do not um, upset the apple cart because of one. And, and that's important. Yeah. And that's right in line. It makes me think of Todd Whitaker's shift the monkey. I think he calls that the shotgun approach. And I remember, you know, back in the day, it was one, one or two teachers overusing their copy quota. 
at the copy machine. And then the principal would send out a whole staff email. Remember, you only have 100 copies and it, it, it diffuses that, that responsibility. The people that, you know, I didn't, I don't think I even made copies, but I remember sitting there reading, shoot, is he talking about me? Right. Did I use too many? Did someone use my number? Am I in trouble? And all the people that have been living up to the expectation are now feeling bad. And the one person's like, oh man, I got nothing to worry about. It's so bad. Mr. McKelkey had to send this out to everybody. Everybody's doing it. I don't even have to borrow your code anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes a good, a good way to address that. I mean, obviously you should talk to the person that has the problem, but also Todd Whitaker talks about putting a spin on that instead of no group spankings, I, I guess he would say, um, you know, you welcome group hugs, like, Hey, great job at duty. Everybody's been on time and we're, we're up and we're actively monitoring. And then the one person who's not doing it reads that and feels that anxiety of like, Oh, Oh man. Yeah. But Hey, what I, what I wanted to finish with what we ask all of our guests on here, Ryan, um, what, Number one, what's the best way for listeners to get in touch with you? The best way to con- reach out and contact you? Well, the best way is is probably um, honestly through my school email, and so I can I can provide that with you. It's just r mackey m a c k e y at c c s d one dot org. Um, I am trying to create and and build a, a Twitter handle, which I may need to. Uh, uh, collaborate with you on that because I know you're you're much more <laughs> an expert on, on some of that social media stuff than I am but I am I am starting a new Twitter and once I get that up and running I can I can share it with you to to share with the listeners and and other fellow administrators across the country and and I look forward to to hearing from you guys and would love to help you in any way possible and in the same for me I'm always looking for ideas and things to steal. Cause I know a lot of you have great ideas and, and want to do that. So, you know, Eric, kind of the last little plug here is I'd love to, to get together with you and, and, you know, we're only 15, 20 minutes apart. So setting that up and doing some kind of admin collaboration where we can look at schedules and things you're doing. Cause I know you've really done some great work in, in your schools and appreciate all you do and the, the drive that you have. It's, it's evident um, you know, I talk to people around the state and the country and, and you're always one that I, I reference. So I appreciate the time and, and your, your leadership, um, and how you present yourself as a leader and, and how you conduct business. Because, um, I know as we've talked many times that we have a lot of long nights at times. So we're going, what the heck am I doing? Like yeah. I get to pick my job, right? Like, is this really what I want to do? And at the end of the day, uh, little, you get little nuggets that, that, continue to light that Y fire and uh, keep us going. So thank you. I appreciate you. And I really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. One, one last, last question. We, we love to finish up with um, what is, what is one thing people could do this week to be a more transformative principal like you? One thing to do this week to be more transformative. Um, they could sit down and create a simple little T-chart with a plus on one side and a delta on the other side and, and select one team. And maybe it's the team that they feel most confident with right now and, and go into that collaborative team meeting. And if they don't have that structure established yet, pick one individual, one teacher 
that you think will you'll receive honest feedback from and and show your vulnerability and go into them and say hey, i'm a new administrator we're six seven weeks in and i'm i'm constantly reflecting and, and i want you to be brutally honest with me in your eyes what are you seeing as my strengths and what are you seeing as my weaknesses and take that information back and reflect on it you don't even have to act on it yet but just create this this culture for yourself about reflection of those that that you're helping lead within your organization like it simple but powerful yeah absolutely that's that's my goal <laughs> the kiss principle right keep it simple that's right <laughs> awesome well thanks ryan appreciate your time on the show this morning Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Really appreciate appreciate you having me. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.